generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Any, anybody who has a family member who is trusting God for fruit of the womb by reason of the anointing stirred up in this place today will minister grace to that person. And nine months from now, you will stand here to testify in Jesus' name. All right, without further ado, we have a couple very, very special to us. They joined this house by divine ordination and guidance. They are not rookies in any way. Um, in parenting or even in ministry or in career, they are very well established, um, a family of integrity, professionals in their own right. They have also contributed immensely to other ministry assignments in, in the church world and beyond the church in the areas of intercession for Africa and pouring much grace in different parts of this of the city, different parts of the nation. So they have a wealth of experience and I feel really honored and grateful um, to have them in the house. You know, there's so much we want to learn from them. So we're going to keep creating opportunities for interaction, for mentorship, for discussions and conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me celebrate vessels and voices of integrity, excellence and power. Engineer Adeoju is an engineer trained as an engineer and is he has business expressions in the season and then Auntie Adeoju, Mrs. Adeoju Antibimbo is a professional in the banking world, works with an international bank with much of a global footprint. Please let's celebrate them with Jesus Joy, King style as they walk all the way all the way all the way all the way to the platform. Yes, so welcome, sir, ma'am. So we're just going to dive right, right into it. I know that you have a whole lot to share. Like I mentioned, we'll keep looking for opportunities to extract, draw the wisdom. Um, but want to just start, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself so that more people get to know you and a bit of your journey so far? Hallelujah. Um, Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. My, my name is Ayodeji Adenyoju. Um, <laughs> she's just added a bit to you. She said I've been Bola's husband. <laughs> Correct. Hallelujah. Um, uh, trained as an electrical engineer, uh, but I've had um, diverse experience in the built environment. Um, got into the work of intercession like uh, Pastor Damien mentioned sometimes um, and have a lot of mentors in that regard and by the grace of God um, today um, I'm all about the assignment that God has committed to my hands <laughs> praise the name of the Lord hallelujah thank you so much sir Amen. Sorry, do you, do you, maybe you could put some of your things right on this. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, my name is Abimola Adeyoju. I'm Adeyoju's wife. Ayomiko Anibuko means mom. Awesome. And okay, I work, I do corporate and investment banking with Citibank. With Citibank. 
Glory to God. So we just want to start off with this. From your experience and your knowledge of God, because I know you've been saved like long before many people here were born. Like you got born again before people were even born in the first place. So, so I know you have a wealth of experience. What would you say godly parenting looks like? Well, um, the, the first thing I will say um, is that the family, which is the environment that God has created for that parenting to take place, um, first and foremost is something ordained by God. Um, it is not anybody's plan. It is God's plan, you know, because one of the things I've seen about this age is the fact that everybody believes that my marriage or my family is mine. No, it is not yours. Um, there, there, there is an assignment. Um, there is a culture. There is something that God wants to manifest. And therefore, God instituted the, 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 the family, you know, as a conducive environment where the proper parenting can be done. If you fail to create that environment, you will struggle at parenting. Um, is it Romans 13? It says, make no provision for the flesh so that you don't fulfill, which means that if you did not plan to fulfill, but you made provision, fulfilling it will happen automatically. Yes, sir. So if you don't create an environment where godly and kingdom parenting can be done, because most of the parenting is actually taken out of your hand once you create the right environment. God speaks, God uses that environment you have created to do things beyond your understanding, beyond your knowledge. Praise the name of the Lord. So one of the first assignments that you and I need to understand before we move on to, you know, parenting, is to create that environment in the first place. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. It's a beautiful one. I really love that because what we see in the book of Genesis is that God literally creates the environment before he creates the things that will live in the environment. So he made the oceans before he brings the fish. He creates the ferments before he brings the birds. He creates the garden before he puts the man in the garden. So that's really amazing. But in practical terms, what does that environment look like? Is it like, shayo, 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 shayo. Like, what, what does it look like um, if you could describe in terms of key elements or ingredients or factors? I think, you know, prayer. Mm. Prayer. 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 <laughs> and particularly in this age, I remembered some time ago, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, give my children an appetite for your word. Mm. And he said to me, it's not appetite they need, that is hunger. Wow. He said, it's not appetite they need, he said it's hunger. He said, appetite is nice to have. If you, if you have an appetite and you get food, it's fine. If you don't get food, you can do without it. Mm. But if you're hungry, mm. you must eat. Come on. He said, I should ask him to give them a hunger for his word. Mm. One of those things that will drive that environment is prayer Amen. and the word of God. And see, don't let's, you know, 
the line is stronger. You know, I don't want us to, um, I don't know how to say it. Don't let it be a cliche. Don't just say it. You understand? It must be, you see, that's what conditions the environment. Mm. That's what conditions the life of the children. That's mm. what conditions you mm. as a person. Mm. When you have hunger for God's word, you, when you're hungry for food, you must fulfill that desire. You must fulfill that desire. So one of the things that drives this is prayer and the word of God. For us, you know, for parenting, that's the, I think that's the bedrock. That's the bedrock for parenting. That You have a hunger for God's word. You have a hunger for God's presence. And you seek to fulfill that desire. Praise the Lord. Amazing. Amazing. Prayer. Is there, can you give us just one more? That's, and, and please, I hope that we're taking notes. I really love the distinction between appetite and hunger. And prayer. Like everybody that God is significantly, you see that at some point in their lives, the way they're raised in a praying home, or they were adopted into a praying home, or they go into a pray, praying church. I think when we deal, did build up in prayer, I said, God cannot use you beyond the limits of your prayer life. Can you sustainably? So, apart from prayer, I'm not despising prayer, but is there any other thing that you want to add to that? Deuteronomy 6 6 to 7 really um, is a template. Um, if you read that, Deuteronomy chapter 6, from 6 downwards. Yes, we quoted a during built up in the world. Yeah, where God really, uh, because um, parenting is actually a process. She has mentioned one, prayer, raising an altar unto the Lord, where you open up that family space to spiritual influences mm. beyond your own wildest imagination. Mm. You know, God uses that to reach out even beyond you to your children. You know, he ministers directly to them. Mm. He conditions them yes. for the assignment, you know, such that, you know, even you as a parent begin to learn certain things mm. from what mm. your children are saying, mm. you know, because you have done a proper environment, yes. you have created a proper environment and opened up that space mm. unto God. So if we look in there, um, the Bible also says we should condition the environment by putting what God has asked us or the words of the Lord um, into images all around us. Yes. You know, he said, you shall teach them diligently. Mm. What are you going to teach? God's word. Yes. So, if you want to give yourself to prayer, you have to pray based on the word that the Lord has given to you. You know, uh, those are the things that you use in prayer. Beyond just praying with those words, you must be diligent to teach those words. In other words, you must model. Mm. You must model in fact, you are actually the first uh, models of what the intention of God is to your children. Yes, sir. What they see you do is what they do. You know, and they learn a lot, not just by what you say, but, but by what they see. You know, so please, you have to model what God has asked you to do. You have to turn it into images, put it around your house, condition the house such that you know, they can easily relate with this. And, you know, you need to demonstrate that love. You know, as a father, you must love your wife and allow your children to see that love in action, not just by words. You know, they need to see that you care. They need to see that you spend some time in the kitchen with your wife. Uh, we spoke yesterday. 
we spoke yesterday and I told you that for me, as much as possible, Saturday is for her. I'm at her beck and call on Saturday. Oh yes. Um, whatever she wants me to do or uh, to be on Saturday, I'm ready to be. Wow. Oh yes. Oh, Hope men are learning. You know, and I, I make sure that my children, they see this. Mm. Um, they see what I do. So I'm not just teaching them, um, you know, what the love of God is all about. I'm teaching them that I am available. Yes. And that availability translates into so many things we do together. Um, oftentimes we leave them. The two of us stay in the kitchen. And my daughter will say, Daddy, this and that and this and that. I said, look, very soon you guys will leave. It will just be the two of us. Yes. If I don't get used to it now, then I'm going to have challenges then. True. So I better start working at it now. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's amazing. Sorry, I want to add something to what he just said. And that has to do with parenting. Um, I, one of those Sundays, I came, Yomiko and I came for the first service. My husband and son came for the second service. And I remember that I was, I was, I think I was busy in the kitchen. I said to her, please let me send a text to your daddy to help me buy some fruit. As I was telling her, she was typing, then I was increasing the number of things he had to buy. You know what the way women do. He said, oh, mommy, you are making me send a fragmented text to daddy. I said, don't worry, you know it's me. <laughs> so he said, you, you know what she said to me? You know, you know he will do anything for you. You know that he will do anything for you. I said, yes, I know. And I love him with my life. That, you, know, eh, come, you, know, that coming, you know, that coming from a teenager. You know, and I'll put a bit of context to it. I had a, um, a father. My father was a hype man. He was this kind of person that would, you know, paint a picture to you that you could do anything, you could achieve anything. He was not a Christian. He was not born again. But the, the complimentary one, the fatherhood I had was I was raised by one of the leaders in the house of prayer. And that was the balance for me. I had a good father who was not a Christian, but understood raising children with a healthy sense of esteem and all of that. But he was not a Christian. So the flip side was the one I had with my, um, my spiritual father. And I want to encourage young people. You know, Elty said something, please, eh? When we come to church, I liked what that, uh, that seems to be. She said that the, what we hear in church is not for our notes. We must use them. Elty said something uh, last week. She said that, you know, where you're coming from does not matter. Your background does not matter. And as we go through this family series, we disconnect you from ancestral obligations. We disconnect you from dysfunction from your families in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. The fact that you're connected here, please, put everything into this. It's not a mistake. We're grown up, you know, we're in our um, 50s, you know, as in where? It was 50. You know, to come and sit in the middle, in the midst of young teenagers, twinnies, you know, then you know that there's saints here. There's saints here. There's God here. So it doesn't matter. Why am I saying this? It doesn't matter your family background. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what has happened to you. It doesn't matter the dysfunction in your family. God set the solitary. Solitary is not only single ladies. True. Solitary cures your dysfunction. 
So God brings you into families where you accept and receive love. When I got born again, the Spirit of God said to me, I should go and win at home. See, don't, don't come and do public ministry wow. when you don't have private win ministry. Win at home. Win at home. Particularly for young people. See, your Christianity is tested most in the home. Yes, so true. If your brother can testify that you're a Christian, you're born again, then you're really born again. But if you put up appearance at home and just do actressing, then come and act <laughs> an actress, yeah. It doesn't make anything. So please, one of the foundations for parenting is you see the love between the man and yes, the woman. Yes. It's 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 I don't know how to explain it. See, it sets a foundation. It gives a child a, a leverage in life. It gives a le- child a leverage in life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That was so beautiful. Don't we think so? Really amazing. Thank you for sharing. I was actually going to ask a question, but you touched on it. So maybe we can just go a little deeper. How did your, did you have parents and models? Biological or spiritual? And how did those models influence your own parenting style? Well, um, yes, and also no, um, because um, there is no single um, person or family that I can say that I take everything after, you know. I admire different things in different families. Mm. I had a boss who was also like a spiritual father. In fact, he was the very first spiritual father for me uh, because I gave my life to Christ um, my final year in university. And I told God that my service year is for him because I only went on one outreach, which was the last outreach before my final examination. And I came back with a regret that I've wasted four years out of five years um, of an engineering course. So I told God, wherever you want to take me for my service year, I give it totally to you. Um, and lo and behold, God sent me to Oshun State, which was not what I was expecting, but it was an answer to that prayer, I believe. So I was linked up to a man that was the national coordinator of intercessors for Nigeria. And uh, we started work, you know, I started working with him. And I saw something that I liked, you know, um, very, very portable family. Um, himself, his wife, and two children, a male and a female. And, um, yeah, I wanted more than two, <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, I saw the dynamics of that portable family, and I tended towards that a bit. Of course, they, they ticked for me all the things I was looking for when it comes to spirituality. They, they were practical in their, in their Christianity, we go on prayer actions. Um, we walk from morning to like four, five in the evening, and then we start ministry from five, six in the evening till maybe the next day. You know, I became like a driver when he needed to go anywhere. Um, I became like a, a babysitter when I needed to, you know, cater for his children. And then I backed him up when he went, you know, to minister, you know, and all of that. And that for me, was Christianity in action. And I took a lot from that. So I will allow her add from her own side because, you know. <laughs> okay. I was in the university and um, um, I met a seven-year-old girl. 
at the university chapel. And she said to me, um, Auntie, I'm sorry I came late. There was a, a drama in the um, university chapel. I said, Auntie, I'm sorry I came late. My mind, I'm saying, why are you apologizing to me? So she said, oh, I'm sorry I came late. That I should please tell her what had happened. So I came back with my seven-year-old girl. I'm saying, undergraduate. So I said, okay, I told her. She just intrigued me. So I told her what happened and all that. The next thing she would tell me, thank God I'm a Christian. Thank God my parents are Christian. In my mind, I'm saying, where is this girl from? Where did she fall from? You know, and all that. But that same girl became my very good friend. She would call me from the, their house in the university staff quarters, call the uh, porters in the hostel. And those ones would be looking for me that this small girl wants to talk to you. So that's how a relationship, a lifelong relationship started. She'll call, I'll call her, you know, we'll talk and all that. I'll see her in the chapel the next Sunday. So I, she had told everybody in her house about me, her parents and all that. So one of those days, the father walked up to me at the university chapel and said, Auntie Bimbo, hey, this is the Auntie Bimbo. My daughter has been talking that she won't let us hear anything. That invited me for lunch. I think the Sunday he invited me. I couldn't go. It didn't work. So he moved it to another Sunday. So I went to their house, had lunch. We, you know, talked and all that. That was it. So I, they do a Thursday house fellowship in their house. So we, I started attending and all that. And they used to travel a lot. So at some point, I started staying with them. And I became like the firstborn in that house. That was where, And that's why I said, see, it doesn't matter. There are so many things I didn't learn from home. I did not cook a pot of stew in my parents' house till I left home. But staying with those people, they were, you know, I became like the firstborn of the family. I will make stew, take care of younger people that I didn't do. I didn't care. My younger brother is two years older than me. My sister is, you know, she was in her own world. We were much older than her. We had people live with us and all that. So I really could not say I took care of anybody at home. I was a middle child. But I learned everything. Wow. So when you volunteer, when you help people, when you reach out, you don't know what it is. Let me tell you how that story ended. See, that small seven-year-old girl, eh? Now married from our house. She lived with us and married wow. from our house. I'm telling you, this IBK, my son, loves her so much. She calls her, he calls her the auntie I love. Meanwhile, this seven-year-old girl had a younger brother who was, I was the love of his life. See how cycles move. It's scary. I'm telling you. And one of, you know where, when Ayomiko had to go to school and we couldn't travel. The embassies were not open to her, even visa and all that. She got a visa. I, I was looking forward to it. I couldn't believe that she would travel by herself. Do you know what happened? Do you know who picked her at the airport? Wow. It was this same seven-year-old girl Whoa. I met in university. This seven-year-old girl I met in university. And, you know, I was, we sent money to her, buy her ticket, let her go to Boston from your place and all that. Auntie, we'll do it, we'll do it. She was just posting my husband and I. I'm telling you, on the day she was supposed to go to school, they planned a road trip for her. This solo and her husband and her two children, they carried her Yomiko to school. Four hours drive. Wow. Four hours drive. And they now, not only dropped her in school, they took her things to the hostel, helped her set up, and they now drove back. Seven-year-old. So when God places people in your life, what am I saying yeah. this? Yeah. She got married from her house. She has her own family, two daughters. My, my daughter is like their big sister now. Watching them, you know, it's, life is a cycle. Life is a cycle. And their parents, they taught me practical Christianity. They made Jesus real to me. I saw them raise their children. Mm. I saw them pray over their children. Mm. I saw God answer prayers. Mm. I mean, I think for me that was it. Praise Amazing. 
and we're inspired by who's inspired by this this is like really inspiring we're so grateful thank you for sharing so fully with us it's amazing how you know the cycles of life um what we sow we're going to reap and that i mean you know when i was leaving school that's another thing i'm saying this because of the lot of young people here please every opportunity you have to do good do it as if your life depends on it when i was going to finish when i graduated from the university See, I was not the only one that was going to house fellowship in their house. You know, you know, senior, they call them senior friends or what in the university. Oh, yeah. That um, come lecturers that are born again, that students yeah. relate with. Yeah. Yeah, people will come, chop and clean out and go. I will clean plates, tidy their house. They used to travel a lot. I will serve them. In fact, there was a day, I'll give this because of somebody I don't know who. They traveled, and they had traveled like three or four weeks back to back. So they had heaps of clothes. <laughs> this is me coming from my own house. I didn't used to walk. <laughs> I, I can't remember washing my father's clothes growing up. I'm telling you. So, and they asked somebody to come and wash the clothes, and the person did not come. You know what I did? So their grandma's um, house help, um, housekeeper came to stay with them too. So we waited Wednesday. The person didn't come. Thursday, Friday. So I think Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, I said, I called the girl. I said, see, I don't want these people to come back and meet this heap. The girl was looking at me as if I was speaking Greek. Me, I was in part three or part four. I did a five-year course. You understand? And this is somebody that has not even gone to secondary school. Wow. I'm telling you, and she was saying this until she has come. You know that attitude? I didn't care. We took the heaps of clothes and we went to wash it. It was hammer time. So by Sunday, Saturday, um, Sunday afternoon it was dry or Sunday morning. So immediately we made it from the chapel. Brocade everything. I ironed everything. Ironed everything. Heaps of clothes. I tidied up their room. I'll put on AC. I know they'll come in at about 5. So about 4 or 3 30, I'll put on the AC. Make lemon juice for them. You know that kind of a thing. I was there. I was like their first daughter. Those children were like my aburo. Do you know when I was leaving? When they came back and they saw the heap, they said, Oh, the man came and all that. I didn't say anything. I just kept my mouth shut. So it was Pisolo that said to them, that's their daughter that was my friend, that the man didn't come. <laughs> so the parents looked at themselves and said, what? What happened? Who washed this clothes and all that? He says, Auntie Pimbo, you know, the, the daddy just held me like this. I said, Pimbo, come. What do I do for you? What do I give you? I said, nothing. Just pray for me. So when I was leaving the university, they were crying. And they said, Pimbola, we cannot give you anything. We cannot, we cannot thank you enough. But I, we pray that God finds an opportunity to say thank you to you. And I tell you, that prayer has saved my life. That prayer has delivered me. That prayer has turned the tide for me. And that's why I tell you, please, if you have opportunity, do it as if your life depends on it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, it's so powerful. I don't need to add anything to it. Like, self-evident. Thank you for sharing with us. I was going to ask this question, it's so important, because I know people here, some people here or online, are scared of parenting, scared of marriage. They've heard stories, they've seen things, blogs, ah, marriages don't last. You've been married for 20, 20 in April, people. Can we celebrate? And I'm, I'm sure like the time has just gone by. Because we're going to be seven in May. I can't believe we're going to be seven years old in May. So I'm like, where did all the time go? But it's because we're enjoying ourselves. That's, you know, 20 years will go by when you're with your friend. But if you're with a boxer, 
you know, I'm all get the coconuts, coconuts. That one, 20 years will be like 200, 600 years. We will bless you for 600 years. So 20 years, no joke. But when in a society where, you know, six months, two years, marriages are fizzling out. And a lot of that, there's still great marriages, there's still beautiful marriages, but a lot of negativity is amplified. So for somebody who's cared or concerned about marriage, that's one. Some of the people want to get married. They've not told those they are engaged to that they don't want children. The person that wants to marry wants six children. This person is like, 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 God forbid, God forbid. Me that I've tied my womb and I've thrown the key and padlock away. <laughs> what are some of the concerns that you had, if you had any at all? How did you overcome that? And what can you say to advise people who might be uh, facing those challenges? Well, um, what I would say about this is um, one of the areas that I had challenge, major challenge, is in the area of communicating. Um, you know, I remember a pastor that says that, you know, when you make mistakes, or when somebody close to you make mistakes, you should analyze and see if it's a mistake of the heart or a mistake of the hand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you will make mistakes, mm. um, but you need to be able to step back and ask yourself, this mistake, is it a mistake of the heart or the hand? Mm. Um, you need to be intentional. We were not. We were just serving God. Mm. You know, I know she loved the Lord. I love the Lord. And that was, there was no question about that. So we just took everything and did as much as we can do. But coming into the house here, you know, you guys are so blessed. You are mightily, mightily blessed. Nobody thought us 1% of what you guys are having. So you have, you have absolutely no reason to be fearful. If you love God and you want to honor God in your marriage... There's nothing you can't talk through. Amen. Your, 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 your differences may be as wide as whatever. As long as you love God and you know that the institution of marriage is first and foremost to honor God, you can raise those issues and walk them through mm. and be intentional about it. See, by reason of the way I was raised, blah, 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 I wanted to have six children, wow. but this other person just wants to have one. Find a common ground. Talk about it. Pray Three about it. Children. You will resolve it. You will resolve it. And that is how I believe that you can, you know, because that is just one issue that tears, um, you know, family apart. Oh, yes. You will have several other ones. If you can template how to resolve those things by the right kind of communication, mm. you know, raising things, discussing it in details, and then being intentional about it and setting the goals and everything. Once you have an agreement, I believe that there are no issues that you cannot resolve amicably. Praise Amazing. the name of the Lord. Amazing. Thank you so much, sir. It's so instructive. And it, you literally use the line that I always um, express to my wife shortly after we got married. I'm like, we can't talk through anything. Anything. We didn't have many challenges because we were friends for like six years before we got married, almost. Yeah, but every marriage, you have points of difference because you're different, your orientation and all of that. And what I usually told, I said, see, when man fell off the relationship he had with God, how did God get man back? By talking to him. So communication can be redemptive. 
So God loving the world, the loving the world, right? What did he do? He sent his word. So when God wants to save, he sends the word. When God wants to heal, he sends the when God wants to create, he sends the so communication creates, communication can redeem, communication can heal. Because God uses his words to do this. So I'm, I'm very blessed to know that I'm on the right track. Great. <laughs> now, the next thing I want to ask is, and I want to ask um, Antony about this. What are some of your cares? So, for example, you have, male, you have a male child, you have a female child. Some people don't want male children. It's too much, too much, too much. When they get pregnant and discover, they sense there's a male child who just flushed out. I don't want a male child. They are too difficult. They can impregnate people. I don't want. Some people don't want female children. Like, ah, I cannot be kind of what it's a hairdo every day, every weekend. Next thing, somebody might go and, you know, abuse them or whatever. So, did you have any of those concerns? And now that Ayame coin is in the abroad, right, do you have any concerns? Do you have, like, maybe some questions in your heart like okay just anything that burdens you sometimes and how do you deal with that interesting i have a girl we have a girl and a boy and um you know the times are really peculiar that's the truth and the competition is offering young people so much it was dstv the owner of dstv that says he owns the youth mm. the population Mm. They said, why do you have so much followership? I, he I heard it from, I think it was Mr. Dino. I said, because I own them. Mm. I own them. When we were growing up, there was only one window through our lives, into our lives, and it was TV at 4.30. Till 10. Well, you know, our children have the world on their palm now. They have gateways to anything and everything. And it should make us afraid, not afraid, it should make us intentional, the way mm. we parent. Mm. And I would use this example. When, my, when they were younger, when our children were younger, um, we tried, okay, we're doing Saturday morning, I think prayer in church. And okay, you know, my husband and I will be the only one that will come and maybe one or two people will join and all that. So after a while, I said, see, eh? <laughs> I'll say it as the way I said it. I said, be doing where two or three are gathered in your name. Yeah, I'm carrying my children to Bible, um, what center? Bible club. Not Bible club. It's not a Bible club. But it's a place where we teach children the word of God 9 to 12 every Saturday. Wow. We live on the mainland and I was going to Lekki every wow. night, Saturday morning, 9 to 12. We did that for a couple of years, over four or five years. Wow. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> because you know why? See, eh? I began to see things. I began to hear things. Mm. And I knew that I didn't have what oh. it took to, um, to, to, to raise them God's way. And I wanted to raise them for a time I cannot see. Mm. I mm. wanted to raise them for a time I cannot see. I wanted to be sure that my children will serve God when I'm long gone. There's a song by Steve Green. He said, when our children sift through our things... The, 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 pattern, the things they discover, the things they see through, will it lead them to find the way? I'll mm. look for that. I'll look for the exact, maybe when Pastor Dami is talking. I wanted to be sure that this legacy of faith will crystallize in my children's life. Yeah. I saw a lot of apathy. I saw a lot of indifference in children. I'm still fighting it. Or I'm not there yet. Mm. Don't you see young people? Praise worship. 
one no con, they will just stand like this. Not and our, the parents on their faces on the floor, worshiping, uh, worshiping and praising God. But the children cannot be bothered. I'm afraid of that. I'm I'm worried about that. That's the truth, and that is what should you know. That's the kind of thing that I want to be sure that my children they are connected to God. They they know where to go. They know how to cry unto God on their by themselves. They are not seeking mediums and psychics on yes. the internet. Yes, there's a lot of that now. You that's that's one. Of, I just want to know that they can cry unto God and they know God is their Father. I think that for me that's the greatest you know desire and challenge. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to say something? Well, there? just to add to that. Um, so because of that concern. Uh, we sought for an environment where, you know, what we needed for them to become who we want them to be, um, you know, ha- they have all the facility to do that. And that was a, a family Bible, Bible's, Bible club somewhere in, uh, she became a minister there and then wow. she has to take them out. Sorry, not immediately. <laughs> when I went there, um, you know, they, you know when children worship and they begin to tell you, God, open their eyes to mm, see something. Mm. On one of those days, the Spirit of God said, somebody in this place today will catch my attention. Worship. And you know the mind of a child could not have contrived mm. those things. In fact, when the coordinator said, I should come and teach, I said, see, I didn't come here to teach. I was on life support when I came here. I didn't come, I didn't come here to teach. I wanted God myself. And for almost like two years or thereabout, I was just sitting in the classes with my children. I didn't teach anything. I didn't go there to teach. I wanted God for myself and I wanted God for my children. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazing. I think I have two or so more questions. So if you have any question, Governor B, can you stand and just go around if someone has a question? Please write it down. Um, the reason we we'll prefer that you write the questions, the reason we we'll prefer is so that he will sift through the questions, right, and see the ones that are similar so that we don't end up, you know, taking all the time. All right, so one of the questions will now be, thank you for sharing that with us. So you, you faced, you saw a concern, and then you were proactive. Yeah, so you were proactive. It wasn't just a case of, ah, God, oh, help my children, oh. You, you actually... <laughs> And God is like, don't you get there? Your children. You help me raise your children. That's why I give them to you. You know, but you, you saw now, maybe you read or you heard or you searched and then you discovered the family Bible space or center or club and you did something about it. So if there's anybody here who's concerned about marriage, communicate, communicating in marriage, raising children, what you do, trust God, you pray and then study knowledge shall be the stability of thine times. In other words, times may be unstable, but knowledge will stabilize you in unstable times. So what you do is that you begin to find tools and resources to ensure that you can actually be prepared for that time. And I love something you said about preparing them for a time that you can see or a time that you will not be there. And I think that's so powerful. All right, let me just ask this. What would you say has been the greatest challenge if there's any single one in parenting and how did you overcome that? And then let me add another question. Does it get easier? <laughs> Does well, it get easier? 
Well, I, I don't think it's going to get easier. One moment. So please, can we celebrate Mr. and Mrs. Ashidele? The grandparents of the baby we're dedicating. We love you, Daddy and Mommy. You're so welcome, Sam. Uh, so good to see you again for the first time, I think, in almost a year, actually, since the naming ceremony. You're welcome. Yes, sir. So greatest challenge, how do you overcome it, and does it get easier? I think um, for us, uh, the greatest challenge um, is becoming friends with our children. Um, I didn't have any challenge with Hayomiku. I mean, I've been stopped at a roadblock while I was driving with Hayomiku in my hands. And um, the policeman was chastising me. <laughs> because we were the only two people in the car. She was still a baby. I was carrying her and I was driving. Wow. That was how close we were. Wow. Um, and um, of course, my daughter was loving it because she's going out with. with um, I'm, I just said that. I'm not saying that it's an ideal thing, yeah. it's an extreme thing. And I don't advise anybody to do it. I wouldn't do it now. But I'm just telling you that <laughs> um, that was how close we were. And um, so. It was really not a challenge communicating with her because we were such very good friends. Um, it's a different thing with the boy. The boy, you need to pull him out. Yeah. You need to... Everybody, need to, let's celebrate Ibukumi. Is he, is he around today? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Please, can we put our hands together for... I can't... Okay, right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know... Um, so to get him going, you really need to make a lot of effort. And I discovered that once you are able to clear that barrier, it's so easy to communicate. It's so easy to teach them when, you know, you are such friends with your children that on their own, they ask you questions. Mm. Um, whatever you teach them at that time sticks. You know, you break that barrier, that generational barrier, that you know, mindset barrier and all of that. And I, for me, I believe that is one of the greatest challenges that um, every parent will face. Um, you know, because it's so easy for them to have friends outside. They learn a lot from their friends. The same way when you see a child that likes a particular teacher, you discover that that child will do very well in that subject. But when you have a challenge between the teachers and a, a, a student in one particular course, you will see that somehow the child will tend you know, to move away from that particular course. So being your child's friend is one thing that I believe that every one of us, especially in this age and time, must really, really work hard and you know, receive strategy from the Lord you know, to break that particular barrier. If you are put to do that, I believe you can easily teach um, and then you'll be able to impact them as much as possible. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to say something. Another thing we tried to do was to be friends to their friends. Mm. We, okay, yes. for, my, okay, because they were in boarding house, both of them were in boarding house at, a, at some point, and we would, it was like a routine for us. On visiting days, on Friday night, you know, she would have called me. If, you know, we, it was, and you know, what I don't want to forget this. Please pray as parents, parents to be, even as a person, Lord, surround my children with worthy people. 
Surround my children with worthy people. That was one prayer my husband and I prayed. Worthy people. Worthy people. That's Make sure you pray. And God answered that prayer. I am equal friends, and Ibukumi's friends too. The, you know the shows. You know, give them friends that, even when they were going through the admission process and all that. One of our friends, they are twins, and they're very close. Their father is late, but they became very close to my husband and I. They are like our foster children, like our children. So we, be, when we're going for visiting day, we don't plan for them only. We plan for all of them. Wow. I eat routine in our house that on maybe a week, the, the Thursday or Friday before visiting day, you know, maybe I'm at work, my husband goes to the store, we're calling ourselves, okay, buy this, buy this, you know, that kind of a thing. I'll cook jollof rice, a cooler of jollof rice, do smoked chicken with sauce, they liked it. And even the parents of our friends will call me, eh, great mommy, I'll say, yes, sir. Rice and chicken, plenty. I said, oh, correct, sir. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't because, see, I had, sometimes, this rice and stew, I'm telling you, rice and chicken, sometimes I get home to 11, sometimes past 11, but immediately I finish, I get into the kitchen and I start cooking from that time. Just because, not because I wanted to give my daughter a plate of rice or my son, but when we visit, we pull all of them together. We talk, we pray, we find out from them. It was, so, you know, when we did that, it was so easy to know who they are listening to. Yeah. It was so easy to know their values. And the friends, the parents of the friends became our very good friends. So I said at Interhouse Sports, I sat beside a woman and when I like sports. I used to do sports a lot growing up. So this woman, we were saying we're saying to herself, we're hyping the athletes and all that. So she now when we now met and introduced ourselves, she now said, I am mommy. I said yes. So we had become friends, we had hyped, we had become new, you know, adult nuisance in, on, in, this, in the sports complex. You know what we do. Shout, Ron, oh yeah, you're, doing, you're doing great. Both of us like Agbayas. I'm sorry to use that word, but you know, eh? She now said, wait, oh, wait, oh, my daughter told me, my daughter told me, I said, told you what? That you were my spec. Uh, I said, spec, how? She said that she had looked at Ayomiku, they were friends from year seven. That is Ayomiku, you didn't go to the same primary school. Why are you close to her like this? She said, ah. Mom, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. You like her. She said, what about her parents? Mom, they are your spec. And do you know that woman, eh? She's really our spec. I said, when she calls me in the office, I don't pick the phone. Is it that I go downstairs or go to the meeting room? So now that I've been working from home, I'm so happy. I said, you see, I can shout. We're just, so that's it. Oh my goodness. Let's, uh, let's celebrate. Okay, I think two more questions. Do you have the questions? Have you sifted through to ensure that we're not repeating? Just one question, all right. So, but, but there's a question I have. Are there mistakes that you have made in parenting, maybe in your, your style or method of approach, or maybe some things that you discovered later? You know, are there mistakes you made that you can share? Because some of them might be personal, they might not want to share. And how did you manage those scenarios? Yeah, um, if I tell you there are no mistakes, uh, then I won't be telling the truth. And the truth of the matter is that there will still be more mistakes. Um, but like I said, when your mistake is a mistake of the hand and not of the heart, mm. uh, then you can walk through it. Um, so I think the greatest mistake that I had was not being intentional and not um, not casting the vision as strongly as 
I should have. Um, I used to tell her, you know, uh, that she brought colors into my life. Um, I was just... Wow. <laughs> and, and to be boy is like Picasso. <laughs> see, I, I came from a family where, you know, it was just... I was a little laid back. Um, I believe that everything is going to work out for good. You usually can put me under pressure by whatever means. Um, <laughs> and she said she's just high tension wire. <laughs> I, I grew up, um, you know, in the midst of five ladies. I was the only male. Um, so when I see boys doing all kinds of crazy things about girls, I look at them. I said, "I've seen all." You know, you can't push me, you know, and all of that. So I, I, it was that background that I came from. Um, so when I got into marriage, yes, I knew she loved the Lord. She knew I loved the Lord. But there were still certain things that you need to set. You know, the Bible talks about setting their hope in God. If you don't set things, uh, even when you achieve things, you cannot measure them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So true. You cannot measure them. You know, um, so when God began to show me that there were certain people that are waiting for me to manifest, for example, I regretted the years that I didn't say things right because I would have covered a lot of mileage. Um, by the grace of God, last year, um, by reason of the lockdown and so many things, God pushed me out. God told us early last year, He said, Don't play safe. That was what God said to the two of us. Don't play safe. It doesn't mean you should be careless, but don't allow fear to stop you from stepping out when God is asking you to step out. And so last year I stepped out, you know, not into engineering, but into farming. And by the grace of God, I was able to acquire close to 20 acres of land. Yes, last year. Um, fully paid for. Amazing. You know, working it out now and all of that. Um, but as I was looking at what I needed to do in order to make it productive, it suddenly dawned on me that I should have done this maybe 10 to 15 years ago. I had the means at that time to do it. In fact, to do much more than that. But because I didn't set things, you know, and um, set it such that we can achieve it and measure whether we are moving in the right direction or not, uh, we just left it at, you know, whenever it happens, it will happen. So a lot of the things that we ought to have accomplished now were not accomplished. And I'm seeing needs that are staring me in the face. One of the things that pushed me out of where I was before was when God said, <laughs> you know, um, how did they put it? You know, Jesus looked at that tree and uh, the Bible said the tree had leaves. Beautiful. People looked at us. They we look like people that they you know we've got it all working together and all of that. And they come and they ask, and lo and behold, I'm not able to help them the way I should help them. One of the ministries I believe that God has given to this family is to set people up, is to help people. You need resources to do that. If what you have, like Pastor Dami will say, can't last you for the next six months, and then you have people to help then you have a big challenge. So I was not intentional 
about achieving goals, about set, setting things in order right from the beginning. So we just left it flowing uh, freely as it were. Um, God helped us, God corrected us, but a lot of time has elapsed such that certain things that I'm doing now, um, I ought to have done them some 20, 15, 10 years ago. By today, they will have been bringing the kind of result that I can look at 10, 15 people and say, look, for the next five years, I'm responsible for your education and all of that. So these are some of the things that I believe that uh, there were mistakes that I personally made mm. as the head of the family, as the one that set things in order. And I'm trying to correct that with my children, you know, to tell them that, look, yes, so many things will happen, but you need to attach the time for you, yes. for those things to happen to you, because it matters a lot. Yes, sir. If you don't do that and you leave it to chance, you know, so many other things will not fall into place. The Bible says that the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God. Manifestation is not in deliverance, where people fall down and um, they rise up and they are, you know, manifestation talks about bringing a workable solution to the problems of the earth. You know, where you can template, you know, something that the kingdom of God has birthed in you. Without resources, you cannot do that. Yes, sir. And resources take time. Somebody can bless you with something, but you need to understand the technology of how resources are accumulated. Praise the name of the Lord. Amazing. Let's celebrate. Engineer Mrs. Adenoju. Two questions. Or did, did you want to add to that? Okay. Two questions. I still have about three or four about time and we need to do the baby dedication. Mm, okay, so this is specifically for Antimim Boy, a question that came from one of us. At any point, were you scared that your children would affect your career path or trajectory? That's a big one for men and women. Um, and if you wouldn't be able to give them as much attention because of your career. So there are people that are like, ah, for the first five years, I don't want to get married or I don't want to have children because I want to be MD, CEO, so I will not CEO. Then after that, I'm going to be executive. I'm going to become president, the first female president of my village. But a lot of women have legitimate concerns because of the peculiarities of their maternal uh, prospects. So, did you have those concerns? Were you scared that or concerned that your children would sort of like affect your career progression? And how did you manage that? Praise the Lord. I think because of our dynamics, my husband is very hands on. Um, um, you know, I'm trying to look for that piece of news, got the message to you. Please do for it. It's very hands-on. And I always encourage women, men, everybody. In life, there are some things that can wait. There are some things that cannot wait. Mm. Mm. There are some things that can wait. Mm. There are some things that cannot wait. Mm. And is the, you know, um, there's a Yoruba saying, I'm trying to, I don't know how they say that. It's your thing, Yoruba. You know, is the day you wear your lace. Mommy, I don't know how they say it, that when you, the day you wake, um, not the day when you wear your lace, there's no day you have, bring out your lace that you can't wear it. Do you understand? Mo, what is, sorry, man. I need that to say, sorry. She's, what is it, sorry, man? Interpretation of tongues. Thank you, ma'am. Interpretation of tongues. That means you can pick up your lace in your trunk. 
there would always be occasion for you to wear so it. there are some things in life that can wait there are some things that cannot wait and you see you can have everything but maybe not all at once mm. please say that again you can have sorry, you can have everything Maybe not as once. I can't say that, you know, I haven't slowed down in career because of raising children. But my priorities were very clear. My children are very important. Work is important too. But you see, in some certain phases, when they were younger, you would, some things must just give. And you have to prioritize. You have to be very deliberate. And you see, there's no, and you know, the truth of the matter is that that uh, trajectory, you catch up at some point. I have friends who have told me that while they were wasting time, me, I was raising family. When I told them my daughter was going to college, wow. I, I wasted time. See, I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have sense. But you see, the guy is ahead of me in the office. But see, we're not running the same race. Mm -hmm. And in life, there's no, there, there are no mates. Mm. There are no real mates in life. In destiny, you don't have mates. Run your race. Run your race. You can have classmates, you can have age mates, but you don't have destiny mates. There are no destiny mates because no two races are the same. So that it affects me compared to what? What's, what's, the, what's the benchmark? If you are running your race, there's no benchmark. And uh, let me put it in correct context. Your own race what God has created you, purpose he created you for. Eh? Why are you looking at somebody God created another for another purpose? Is that your benchmark? So that I'm being delayed, I'm being held back compared to who and what? Mm. That's it. Amazing. Please, just to chip in something to that. Um, another thing that we did that helped us and also helped our career um, was that we... We, by reason of um, her having a night, a seven to nine, I decided to run my own business. Yeah, and that's because we said that our children, they are the priority, one of the high priorities. So, for example, I never, never, never delegated school runs. I never. That's amazing. For those who don't know, school runs is means you go drop the children yourself, you go pick them yourself. We, we had a driver, but when it comes to the children, I personally, there was no time that my driver had to go and pick my children alone. I never, never, and it was intentional. If I was doing a seven to nine, as she was doing a seven to nine, would have had no choice yes. than to do that. Yes. You know, so um, it was one of the things that we got right from the beginning. Um, we knew that her career was good and she wanted to pursue it and I fully supported her. And because of that, I decided not to... I mean, there was a time I, I actually interviewed to get a banking job, you remember? <laughs> and I don't know how that would have turned out if I followed that path. So I ran my own business um, and that allowed me the flexibility to be with my children to do school runs and to make sure that things don't go bad. In that regard, praise the name of the Sorry, Lord. I wanted to just add something. And another thing I really, and you know, last week when we were, was it last week or two weeks ago, when we were singing the song, your love is, your, your love is kind, your love is kind, your love is patient. I was singing to the Lord, but I was singing to my husband as well. Honestly, 
His love is kind. His love is patient. This is deep. I'm telling you. See, there are not plenty. There are not plenty of his type. And I'm not saying this Amazing. because I'm on this stage. Amazing. Honestly, he has. He, and that's the truth. See, he has loved me. He has paid attention to the things that matter to me. He has supported me. I said when I got my MBA, I did an executive MBA in LBS. I said to him, this certificate is yours. There was not moved heaven and earth. He did everything. See, there was one day I, I was in the office at about 4 a.m. I'd done a term paper and I was going to submit that day. And the entire thing wiped off the computer. I was crying. I called him. I woke him up. I said, come in in the night, 11, 12. I wake him up. I'm, I'm on the street gates. He held the flank. He was visiting Ayomiko in, um, in Lightboard for like one and a half, one year or thereabout. I wasn't doing visiting. Honestly, I said, um, you know, he, he's, he, you know, the support system. Let me also balance it. That support system I had. He's given me wings to fly. He has supported me. He has enabled me. Thank you, sir. Amazing. This is getting also emotional. Capture. You gotta capture. The, sorry, sir. Can we have that again? Capture my face. This has been amazing. Amazing, amazing. Two quick things, please, sir. Final words to all of us, and then I would want you to pray for us as well. Final words and pray. Well, um, final word. Um, final words on this interactive discussion. Let me just, <laughs> because sometimes some angels can be very active. We're like, ah, final words. Okay, they're ready to come. We're not ready to come. Well, I, I, will, I will make reference to what Jesus said. Um, he said. He said, this is a generation that say, but they do not. Most of the results you will get in uh, kingdom parenting will not just be as a result of what you say. For more will be as a result of what you do. Um, so, um, you are already in the right place. You are blessed with a man of God that is beyond his years in knowledge. I, I, I please, I don't take that, I don't say that lightly. Um, the, the, the world is moving from the age of the church to the age of the kingdom. And that is the truth. That is the truth. Um, and you have a pastor who somehow the, the access to the knowledge of the kingdom has kind of been downloaded uh, into him and through him to you. Um, you can't, you, I don't think you can be in a better place. That is the truth of the matter. But my charge to you and I is that as you hear, please do. Use the knowledge that is being dispensed here by the help of the Holy Spirit to build an environment where the children, the, 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 the Bible calls them the godly seed, you know, will be raised. 
you know, so that God can have the material to end up or to round up the age. That is the only thing I believe the Lord is waiting for. We are not ready. The church is not ready. We are not ready at all. You know, so my final word is that, please, all the knowledge and the wisdom that is being shared here, please, don't just hear them. Please, practice them. Find a way to express them in your home. Use them to condition your environment and your home such that God can use that to reach out to your children and give them wisdom that is beyond anything the world can give them because there will be crisis. In fact, this is another, this is the age of crisis. You know, crisis upon crisis. You think what happened last year, um, you know, the world will return to normal. Some people are saying normal. There's nothing like normal any longer. You know, crisis will be upon crisis, but the knowledge that you have and that you are putting into practice will determine whether you are going to fly or whether one is going to sink. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Did, did you want to say something? Sorry, one of the things I learned very early was that hypocrisy eh, is occupational hazard as a parent. <laughs> hypocrisy. And particularly for Christians who are raising children. You know, may our children not become resistant to the word of God. We have children not develop resistance against the word of God. The Bible says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of God had not been revealed to him. Samuel was living in Eli's house. He was living in the house of the high priest. But the Bible says he did not know the Lord because the word of God had not been revealed to him. I pray in the name of Jesus that the word of God will be revealed to us in the name of Jesus. That we will make determined decision to follow hard after the Lord. Amen. And that, you see, we'll be turned. We'll be turned, turned, turned. Amen. That we'll be, you know, we come express image of the Godhead in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A prayer. Thank you so much, sir. Amen. Everybody, we're going to receive prayers from the Adenio Jews now. And I want our hearts to be open. I want us to receive um, not just it's not for me. It's not just the prayer. It's going to be an impartation of grace, you know. Particularly in this generation, they have a living testimony, and they have. If we had another session, and one of the things I'm trusting that we're going to do at some point is we'll have some testimony nights. We have you know people who have testimonies of their transformation, different. I know that they have a lot of testimonies, but over the next just one or two minutes, as the prayer, I wanted to receive. And receive not just words, but also the impartation of grace. So that if, if you're married now and you're raising children, or you plan to get married in a year or two or five years, you will not have to struggle. But on top of the indwelling grace of God that you have, you also have this impartation that stirs you up. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because... It is according to your plan. It is according to your wisdom. It is according to your original agenda. You know that each and every one of us, we are trying to work towards that. We thank you for this great opportunity given unto us to express ourselves, to testify that 
for those whose hearts, Lord, are right with you, nothing is impossible. Yes, Lord. No situation can bring them down. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the institution of marriage. We thank you because, Lord, it is your intention from the beginning that, Lord, marriages will be and families will be, you know, the area where you raise well-rounded children. Your battle axes, O Lord, our Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your weapons of war. Your instrument, Lord, to bring this age to an end. Our Lord and our Father, we therefore yield ourselves. We yield our families. We yield, oh Lord, we, Lord, place your priorities above our own personal priorities. And Lord, we ask, oh Lord, our God, that in our families you will have your way. Amen. That indeed, oh Lord, our families will become, Lord, kingdom-oriented. Amen. Lord, our families, oh Lord, our God, will be instruments that you can, Lord, leverage on to bring about the fulfillment of your counsel for this age. Father, we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask, oh Lord, our God, that you will soften our hearts individually, Lord. You will soften our hearts. That as many of us whose heart is becoming stony towards the institution of marriage, that Lord, you will break that stony heart. Yes, Lord. And Lord, you will give us a heart of flesh. Yes, Father. A heart, oh Lord, our God, that is sensitive to the movings of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. So that Lord, we can be in tune with the Spirit of the Lord and we can obey the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus. We pray over fathers, oh Lord, our God. We ask, oh Lord, our God. That Lord, you will give fathers, Lord, the ability to see into your plan and your purposes. Amen. Lord, because a lot depends on fathers, oh Lord, our Father. We ask, oh Lord, our God, that as you are the Heavenly Father, Lord, you will make us fathers indeed here on earth. Amen. That Lord, you will cause us to see not just the equations, but the solutions. Yes, Lord. We ask it, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, like your servant said, and he made it very clear, he said, it is a father that can shoot an arrow. Father, we ask, O Lord, our God, that you will give us, fathers, the ability to shoot all those arrows that you have given unto us. Amen. Lord, to possess, O Lord, the kingdom of this world so that they can become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and God can begin to reign on the face of the earth. Amen. Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In this house, O Lord, we declare there shall be no broken homes. Amen. Lord, the Bible says you hate divorce. Lord, there will be none. There will not be a putting away. In the name of Jesus, Amen. we reconcile hearts back into their original position. Amen. Lord, we judge every spirit of unfaithfulness. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. we declare that no spouse will defraud the other one. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Have you been blessed today? Have you received something today? Can we put our hands together as we honor and celebrate the Adair Jews? Thank you so much. Thanks for your kind words. Thanks for your counsel. Thank you for your sharing your wisdom, your story with us. That was so powerful, wasn't it? The generation is rising on a 
emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how. 